0: You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Avram Kipolevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. Hello, this is One on One with Charlie Arari. It's been a couple of weeks, Charlie. Uh, I think the last time we recorded was before Pesach. It seems like more than a couple of weeks. It seems like it's been quite a long time uh, because of everything that's gone on. And I know, Charlie, you look good, and it looks like you've been busy based on all the things that are coming into my inbox, um, the morning boost and uh, messages, and I'm glad to see that uh, the world is getting their Charlie fix. But I'm thinking about our one-on-one Charlie fix, and uh, I'll tell you what I wanted to ask you. Uh, You've been great the last couple of times we've talked, and people have called me and told me that they got so much out of what you had said in terms of not panicking, in terms of keeping your equanimity and understanding, I think most of what we were talking about at that time was the intense specter of health deteriorating, the health of of, of people out there, and it has actually, of course, occurred, people dying. Um, I think what we've discovered now Is that in terms of people's worries and anxieties and concerns, I think we could divide it between people who have underlying health issues, people who are older like myself and people a little bit older who are really worried about health, and then there's people maybe in your area and below, people who are at the prime of their lives, people who are who have uh, jobs and who have skills and who are hearing about the, the prognostications of this economy that is ahead of us and they are worried more than they're worried about their health they're worried about how they're going to make ends meet how they're going to pay their tuition bills how they're going to actually have a living how are they going to rebrand themselves because many of them have lost their jobs and there doesn't seem to be any prospect of those jobs coming back so why don't you talk to us a little bit about
1: that today sure so so first of all um I think one of the things that we're seeing from this virus is that those that thought that they were um, protected from it and immune to it, it that's not the case. Um, I think y- you're seeing that this impacts people from all ages. And so this really is something that everyone should take very seriously, um, not to panic, to realize that the Kodesh Brochu runs the world. And um, there's always a din mecheshba no matter how it looks on the outside. It's not just a virus. Um, and everything is, what hashem wants and so there there, i don't find that people that are paying attention are saying i'm this age or that age but what i do find to your point is that wherever you are in your um in the trajectory of your life there's different financial needs and to your point for those that are maybe they have kids at home maybe they're they're looking at lots and lots of years of tuition maybe they're trying to make simchas they're looking at an economy that just changed and and the, the scary part about this economy is that not only did it change, it just it changed in a way that no one understood how and why and what's going to happen next. In 08, it was a structural issue with the banks. And in oh two, when that sort of mini little um, blip, it was sort of the overinvestment into dot coms. There's always some reason for why an economy. This is like just like poof, it just disappeared. Like no one knows what it came out of nowhere. Is it coming back? Is it not coming back? What happens? What doesn't happen? Are are employers? Cutting people because they can or because they need to, and the government, it's, it's, it's a world of uncertainty. And one of the things that I, I find with people is that when you're in this world of uncertainty, there are those that will use their, the fight or, well, I would say the flight part of their amygdala hijacking uncertainty. They're going to hide, they're going to hibernate, they're going to fetch. And they, as if the hiding and the fetching is somehow going to fix what is a brain reality. And while that's a normal response and there's, you can't blame anybody who hears news that is very difficult for, for responding in any way that they want. Really the appropriate, I'll say appropriate, the, the, the higher level response um, is not to be even reactive. Now it's to be proactive. I just spoke to a company yesterday And I was telling the supervisors, I was saying to them that you think that the appropriate reaction and challenge is to be reactive. It's not. Initially, it's to get your bearings. In fact, the appropriate response of challenge is actually to to double down the efforts of being proactive. And I know that we've spoken to sports before. And you know what the famous saying in sports is, the best defense is offense.
0: Is that what they say? I always thought they said the best. Maybe I'm thinking, I'm hearing Buddy Ryan in my ears saying the best offense is a
1: good defense. But yeah, the, the best. that's way you keep someone off the field. Best way you get Tom Brady not throw a football is stay on the field, right? And so one of the things that I hope people are, are, what I hope people do, and we're all trying, and it's all hard. Everyone's trying in their own way. No one has this easy. No one's sitting around going, "I got this." Maybe like Amazon.com and a couple of grocery stores, but that's about it. You think from, from so? I,
0: I, Amazon, I, I hear there's breakouts in their in their yeah. uh, in their recruit in their centers. So, I think even even Jeff Bezos is feeling a sting now.
1: Yeah, and and the the appropriate response, in my opinion, is 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 proactivity. It's aggressiveness. It's it's trying to recreate, to reinvent, to see where the world is going, to be to start looking for things. And I just wanted to give you two sort of quick stories that I think really summarize what what I'm what I'm feeling here. Um, there's a, there's a, one, what, there's a, there's a big company called Accenture. It's a large advisory company and I, and I heard a, a commercial for them once on a podcast. You know, today's commercials aren't the way they used to be. Now like they tell you like a bit of their business and I was blown away by it. I was really blown away by it. It's a, it, it's a story of a woman that she comes on and she talks about her career and she says that she's like 63 years old and she finds out that they're cutting her division. In Accenture, when they downsize, apparently, they give you the ability to learn different skills because they're hiring so frequently that before they let you go, they give you a chance. So she signs up for like the coding department. I want you to picture someone who's working in a job for 40 plus years. She grew up in a time before computers were out of her lap. So she raises her hand and goes, I'll do it. And she starts to go to a a, a training program with kids that that are her grandkids age, potentially. And she gets an act to it, and she works double hard. She thinks that they, and because she doubles up her efforts, because she has to keep up, she becomes like a she creates a niche for herself. And last year, she wins this massive tech award for the top coders in the country. Wow! And I was so blown away by that because that's the exact approach to your to your to your division getting cut. Now, Not everyone has that chance. But the approach is, what can I do that's new? But you never coded before. Coding is for kids. Says who? They say that, I saw a stat years ago, I was talking about this, they saw the stat that if you start a company over the age of 45, 50, the likelihood of success is like three or four times than when you started when you're out of college. But how can people don't start companies, start, start businesses, don't change their careers when they're 50? Because when you watch kids in college, you see it every single week, there's a cover of some magazine of some kid in college. So you think that you want to start a company, you start when you're 22. The way we've created a fixed mentality of ourselves, I've always done this. I'm a lawyer. I'm a doctor. I'm not this type. I never did this. We box ourselves into what we do for a living and we forget that who we are And what we do are distinct. You could always change what you do. You could always evolve what you do. And these are the moments where when the world pauses, that people can say, I feel insecure because of the economy, as opposed to reacting, where can I find opportunity? And I was telling this, and I'll tell you this last story. And then, well, I was telling this last night to this company. I was talking to them. I said, you know, we have a game, you know, this, uh, I don't, I, every, every family does it differently, but Bedikas Hametz is like its own little world. In my house, Bedikas Hametz is the kids hide the, the little pieces of bread. And usually I find it. And as the kids get older, like I get teams. So this year we split it up boys and girls, my girls <laughs> hid and my boys found. So I got a few boys and, we're very competitive in our house, at least the boys are. <laughs> yeah. So we don't let, any, like, we never let anyone win. Like, Bushita, like, you don't get to win because you're nine. You play, and you lose. And then at some point, you learn how to win. But I'm not, this isn't, like, a gift. You're playing. So you can imagine, like, a, my boys walking around. And, like, we're, like, fighting each other. We walk into one room, and we can't find it. And we're looking, we can't find it. We're looking. And what was amazing is nobody turned out of the room. Because we knew there was, there was a piece of bread in there. It was pitch black, but we knew there was bread. So we didn't leave until we found it. What people don't understand is that every time you see disruption, within disruption is opportunity. Not maybe. Always. Disruption is shveras It cracks. And whenever the HaKalim, there's shviras hakelim, there's ni There are sparks that are hanging around. But that's the definition of disruption. There's new opportunity because there's shards. Uh, the KWM the
0: break because the aura was too great. So obviously yeah. the aura must be there. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, but when you look at people now, if they don't know there's opportunity, if they don't know there's bread in the room, if they don't know they can evolve, and this is a lot where I think Muna comes in, that's a whole other discussion, but at least, at least economically, if you don't have that sense of confidence that there's something here for me, you're going to give up too early. Who's, who, who's beautiful,
0: Charles? I never thought that we'd be talking about Loriana Cabola here uh, on, on one-on-one. But what I, what I'm, what I would want to hear from you is not everyone has your self-confidence and not everyone uh, is able to know what they are good at, especially if they've been doing, if they've been running a hotel, whatever, for 25, 30 years or whatever the service job they're doing that has now going to close up. Who do they go to? Other than looking in the mirror and davening, who do they go to to figure out what they're good at? Who would you suggest an idea of what to do to figure out and, and to know what is that talent that they have that they can reshape?
1: So let's just start with two things. I'm not as self-confident as you think, and I don't have it all <laughs> If anybody sees somebody who's giving advice and thinking they're different than me, they're not hearing the advice for what it is, forget the mm-hmm. person who's giving the advice. It's only the advice itself that is valuable. So if it makes sense, we do it regardless of the mouthpiece in which God puts it through. A person needs to learn the idea that resources don't make success. It's resourcefulness, right? We both are very familiar with a company called IDT. Nobody handed Howard Jonas anything when he started his life. He worked and he was resourceful. What makes him successful is that he understands that resourcefulness so much greater than resources. And that is, the, that is the, the perspective of successful people in every area, right? When you're learning something and you can't figure out a, a kash in the Gemara, there are kids that go, I can't fit, Rebbe! The Rebbe's not around. And there are other kids that are like, wait, 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 wait. Could I, how do we, how do, it's a mida. It's not about confidence. It's about taking life in a way in which you recognize that if you're on this earth, resource, you have to be more resourceful. Where do you figure it out? It depends on the person. Some people are blessed with mentors. Some people are blessed with family members. Some people are blessed with an internet connection. Some people have a good education. Everybody has resources at their disposal. The reason why they don't access them is because they don't know that there's a challah in the corner of the room and that they could find it. The whole world of I can't, it's just an excuse. They don't, nobody knows if they can or they can until they failed. If you haven't failed and you say you can't, that's not real. It's just keeping you comfortable, which is fine. But when you're in a moment of disruption, and if, God forbid, your job isn't there anymore, and you're choosing comfort, it's, that's the break. That's the fight. It's not about, I wish it were better. It's about, wait, in front of me is an opportunity. And by the way, I may open up everything and fail the whole way. And that's happened before. But failure is very different than I can't. And that I, I don't know where to turn. There's two different medos. And usually, when people try hard enough, they, usually they, 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 they succeed more than they think. People are a lot stronger. People are a lot greater. I just had this with somebody who had to do something very difficult. Can't get into the details. It was very difficult. They had to go to a family member and make sort of re- reconcile, style. And it was very difficult. The amount of time that I heard, I can't. I can write. I can just. I can sell that I can't on the street. I, I, I guess. I, I guess what I'm trying to to say, and, and
0: I, I, I'm sure you agree with me, is that, like you said, a or a friend. Sometimes I, I think what you need is the ability to have someone from the outside who can tell from the, even from the way you present yourself and from hearing your history, an idea of what possibly might be the window that's opening. And I think the same way, uh, all the Jewish agencies have been sent, have been reaching out, counseling, helping, worrying about shut-ins. There should also be made available, I believe, people who will talk with you. Uh, maybe they used to be called headhunters, whatever they were, people who were able to, to, to allow, not because the person is a mamby-pamby ostrich, but you just need to not only get the support from someone, you, it's always, we all know, Charlie, we all benefit from the proofreader, the person who could say, you know what? I think what I'm seeing here is this. This is where I think maybe your talent could go. And I think we need more of those people to help not, not the scared ostriches, but the ones who really want to change, but aren't sure exactly uh, what it
1: is. So do you, so do you, agree, do you agree? I, with I, me? I agree with you i agree but like like you know we have the opportunity on this on this podcast to really push each other they're there people <laughs> just want to hand it on a silver platter like they're not everywhere you can't go into a shul and pick out five people in the shul that not, you well have. not now not now you're you right person can't think to himself and put a list together if i hand that person a million dollars if yeah. he would list 10 people in his life that could be helpful he couldn't put a list together in 30 seconds what if we have to have a creative program so they knock on your door and go hi i'm here for you what are we six years old no, it requires us to be big, right? Sit down for five minutes. Think of everyone in your life. Write down six, seven, 10 people you want to call. Overcome. And I'm, I'm, I'm not, by the way, don't think that I do this. Don't confuse the message from the messenger. I don't, I'm just speaking. Yeah. I'm not saying I'm doing, I'm not trying to live like, you know what I'm saying? This is the last. This is what I'm. I have a torch that was given to me, not the one that I've learned on my own. But you sit down for ten minutes and you write it down, and you say, "Okay, I can't call him. I can't call him." And you pick up the phone because who cares? You know what happens? You great mentors. There are people in she'er, and you know this. They really should that ask rebbeim questions, and they have great relationships with them. And the guy next to them in shul, how come the rabbi's not available? The 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 the, the, the client's not available. See an entrepreneur show up, he's 28 years old. He's got all these different relationships and someone who's been in the business 30 years, like, how did you meet that person? They're not available? No, it's that it requires somebody to overcome that fear of, I can't. If if, if I've been doing something for 30 years, that's who I am. I can't. And that, and if we talk around it, we're not going to change it. We got to talk at it. This is the Nakuda Pnim. You break the Nakuda of I can't. The stuff of, who, maybe it's, what, what am I good at? Maybe that's not that's not the right question. Maybe the question is, what does the world need now? Forget what I'm good at. I don't know what I'm good at. I'm going to spend six months in, a, in, in my house trying to figure out if, I, if I'm a good writer or I'm a good thinker, or I'm a strategist. I'm going to be going out of my mind. I'm not, I'm not a philosopher. How about I look out on the market and go, what do people need today? And I don't know. It's Each person has their own path. But the only thing that is the sada Sadashat but in all the paths, is the mida of I can or I can't, of am or do, proactive or reactive, that applies no matter where you stand in this journey.
0: Well, I think that's a, uh, definitely a, a, something to give people uh, the strength and the courage to realize that most peoples have what they need. A Kodesh Baruch as they say, uh, gives places to all of us, and those places are right Behind us, even though we don't necessarily see them unless we're looking at a picture of ourselves on zoom. So Charles, uh, we hope to, uh, continue on this and hopefully we're going to hear some, uh, wonderful brightening things happening on, on the horizon and hopefully take Charles, take, let's take our, all the messages to heart and, and keep on exuding that type of confidence. Charlie, take care. I hope we'll catch us. I hope we'll be able to speak again, hopefully soon. And another one-on-one with Charlie Harari. I'm Avram Kibalevich. Hopefully we'll catch you later. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.